0: Hello, I am Dr. Tyra Lindsay Warren, host of this podcast, Real Values, Real News. As the founder of the Waco Family and Faith International Film Festival in Waco, Texas, as well as a film, theater, and live events producer, I wanted to create an entertainment program where everyone who is a fan of film, entertainment, the performing arts could come and feel welcomed. Therefore, this is a space where we can discuss the film and entertainment industry and the real values that can exist and or should exist in the business. We also will have fun discussing the latest films and artistic projects by well-known filmmakers and artists that you know and those who you may not know and are up and coming. Ultimately, I believe that the power of storytelling in films and more can open hearts and minds so that we can all perhaps treat each other a little better, love each other a little better, and truly realize our full humanity and that we are more alike than we are different. Sounds good, so let's get started. This episode is our first for Real Values Real News. I have decided to host our first roundtable discussion, which is being sponsored by Creative Waco. During this episode, we are going to tackle an issue that is really being talked about not only in Hollywood, but also in society at large. The issue is that of inclusion. Since the George Floyd tragedy of 2020, corporate America and Hollywood to the performing arts and more are all talking or rather, quote unquote, scrambling to figure out how their respective industries can be more inclusionary of black and brown people. In their efforts to be perceived as quote unquote woke, many companies are virtue signaling and others are taking the time to be thoughtful and strategic with their approach to inclusion. Recently, McKinsey and Company released their report titled, Representation of Black Talent in Film and TV. In the report, they revealed the barriers that undermine equity in content development, financing, marketing, and distribution in Hollywood. Our guests for this first ever roundtable are thought leaders on this subject. First, we have Dr. Insinga Burton, who is a professor of media studies at Emory University in Atlanta. Specifically, Dr. Burton is co-director of the Film and Media Management Concentration at Emory University in the Department of Film and Media, where she teaches courses on Hollywood, entertainment industries, content creation, and special topics like reality television and hip-hop media. Dr. Burton is an award-winning professor, multimedia journalist, and blogger, filmmaker, and producer. Currently, she serves as entertainment and culture editor for the National Newspaper Publishers Association and has contributed to a variety of publications, including The Daily Beast, The Griot, The New York Times, and The Huffington Post, where she writes culture and media criticism. In 2012, Dr. Burton founded the Burton Wire, an award-winning news blog that covers global news of the African diaspora. In addition to her work as a journalist and professor, she is a leader in the field of technology and diversity. Recently completing her term as executive director of the National Association of Multicultural Digital Entrepreneurs, she also leads a new media and technology consulting firm, the Burton Wire Media Group. Dr. Burton is a member of the National Association of Black Journalists, the NAACP Image Awards nominating committee, the National Communications Association, the Northwestern Council of, Northwestern University, excuse me, Council of 100, American Studies Association, and Society of Cinema and Media Studies. I could go on and on and on. Dr. Burton has received her Bachelor of Science in Radio TV Film from Northwestern University, her Master's in Cinema Studies from New York University, her Master's in Communications from University of Pennsylvania, excuse me, and her PhD in Critical Studies in Film and television from the University of Southern California welcome Dr. Burton to Real Values Real News
1: thank you so much Dr. Lindsay Warren I appreciate you for having me on the show
0: thank you and our next guest is Miss Melinda Weeks Laidlow who is the founder and CEO of Beautiful Ventures Weeks in Advance Enterprises LLC is an organizational development firm offering facilitation, media design, change consulting, equity and inclusion and collaborative skills capacity building services to the arts and entertainment, nonprofit and social innovation sectors. Social change architect Melinda Weeks Laidlow is the principal consultant and president. She is also founder and CEO of Beautiful Ventures a creative and social enterprise that influences popular culture, disrupts anti-blackness, and elevates perception of black humanity. Previously, Melinda was Managing Director of Race Forward, the Center for Racial Justice Innovation, senior consultant at the Interaction Institute for Social Change, and for 10 years practiced law representing artists, entrepreneurs, and nonprofit organizations in New York City in 2015, leading social impact fund Echoing Green named Melinda to its first name Melinda its first ever social entrepreneur in residence. Melinda is so fantastic and is on so many boards that uh, are in alignment with her values and beliefs. She is a member of the advisory board for the Patricelli Center for School Entrepreneurship, for Social Entrepreneurship, and the co-chair of the Black Alumni Council at Wesleyan University, the board of directors of the Interaction Institute for Social Change, and the ministerial staff of the Great Greater Allen AME Cathedral of New York. Melinda is also a proud New Yorker, <laughs> a native New Yorker. And as her bio says, she flows in between the Big Apple and the Big Peach, also known as Atlanta, Georgia, where she lives with her husband, famous and outstanding actor, say kool Melinda is a graduate of Wesleyan University, New York University School of Law, and Harvard Divinity School. Welcome, Melinda, to Real Values, Real News.
2: Thank you. I feel welcome. So delighted to be here with you both.
0: And so honored to have both of you here. And as I um, said in our prequel before we came on air, it's only a matter of time before I end up saying something fun and fantastic because you guys are my girls. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
3: talk.
0: Let's get it. As I'm reading both of your bios, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when she was there and I remember when she was there and I remember in 2015 when Absolutely. Melinda was that social, yes. you know, I remember. <laughs> so it's only a matter of time. So anyway, Let's get this roundtable started. So from your unique perspectives, what was your gut reaction to the McKenzie report?
2: Anyone can <laughs> my, my get us started. Mm-hmm. Was...
0: Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
1: Oh. Okay, my gut reaction was uh, water is wet. I mean, this information is important. Uh, USC does a fantastic job of, collecting this kind of data on a regular and ongoing basis. And so we do need uh, the language and the data to support what black people have been saying for like over a hundred years because the industry is over a hundred years old, which I think people, uh, I don't know if they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to admit that, you know, this has been a dialogue that has been happening for over a century Uh, and the numbers have not changed that much in over a century, and that is highly problematic. So I think my initial gut reaction was great. We have another report that says what black uh, scholars have been saying, black actors, black directors, Mm -hmm. black filmmakers Mm -hmm. have been saying um, since, you know, Zora Neale Hurston was was walking around collecting Mm -hmm. data since Mm -hmm. Oshamito was walking around and collecting, you know, making his movies or what have you. Mm -hmm. This was making her religious films in Washington, D.C. we've been having the same conversation over and over so i'm my my position is where are we going to actually do something about it
0: right
3: mm-hmm. melinda
2: yeah i mean um my reaction was like uh a similar but like um appreciative of mckinsey kind of pulling it all together bringing it up to date validating it um there's nothing like a brand to validate right the things mm-hmm. that we we know um, and see and talk about all the time. But then also as someone who has um you know tried to be a solution, like knows all this stuff and, and developed a solution for some of these things, it was very validating, frankly.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um that like okay, now people will maybe get what why we're doing things the way that we're doing it and why we even exist in terms of the work that we do with Beautiful Ventures. So it was it was a relief appreciation. Um mm-hmm. And then also, water is wet. Right. <laughs>
1: right. Yes, I don't want to. So, thank you for saying that, Melissa, because I don't want to suggest that I was not appreciative of it. I'm always appreciative of data that supports what Black people have said. Um, because I think that people don't hear us until there is data, or, you know, as um, Dr. Lindsay Warren, Warren said in the beginning, there's some, you know, seismic events that mm-hmm. then make people listen to what we're saying from our experiential, um, for our from our experiences um, with the industry. So, yeah, yeah I definitely co-sign um, you on that. Definitely appreciative because we do need that data in order to make sure these conversations still occur.
0: Right. And I, I definitely agree with both of you. And um, moving on to my next question, especially from a financial perspective, you know, I have always said in my research and journal articles on Hollywood that this industry is continuing to leave money on the table regarding movies starring actors of color. Basically, due to its lack of culturally appropriate marketing strategies when it comes to um, reaching black and brown communities effectively. However, in the McKinsey report, uh, which was you know, appreciative from my perspective, they actually identified the number, right? It was $10 mm-hmm. billion dollars in annual mm-hmm. revenues mm-hmm. that Hollywood is leaving mm-hmm. on the table by not being inclusionary in its business practices. By identifying mm-hmm. this number, do you think Hollywood will change its ways?
2: Well, I can say um, as a racial equity practitioner, right? I write, I work in different sectors, um, um helping organizations, individuals, even social movements mm-hmm. who are interested in foregrounding um anti racism, inclusion, diversity, equity, all of that. Um the reality is that, you know, PolicyLink had a similar report about money that's being left on the table in kind of the economic development sense sector.
3: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so
2: my answer is no. Like the knowing that it itself, even though I think there's a way in which we understand and appreciate um that, you know, this is a capitalism capitalist society and we think that people are like, oh, it's, it's about the green dollar, doesn't matter what color it is as long as it's green, people will do it. And that is not actually true.
3: Mm. Um
2: and, and, and that is why my answer is no, because in and it of itself, um, white supremacy is is, is um uh, not going to uh, relent just because there's money at the table. And I think time and time again that even when you have the data to show it, and we have the 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 um, impetus to make money mm-hmm. and profit, um, that doesn't mean that systemic change happens. And for me, that was also maybe one of the uh, shortcomings of the report, which is it laid out these disparities. Water is wet,
3: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but like,
2: why do they exist? And mm-hmm. for me, it is because of um, white supremacy. But really, in particular, when we're talking about the uh, experiences and the reality of structural racism against black people it is because of anti-blackness so until we deal with those yes. really root cause um realities in terms of why these disparities persist, persist we're not going to actually shift them and diversifying and diversity is not enough uh in my opinion it's just not
1: so i completely agree with mm-hmm. you um i think it's you know like you're going to disrupt the industry right um, you know, when you're talking about Hollywood and, and they don't like to, to admit this, but Hollywood, it really is a system that is based on white supremacist ideology that is pervasive in society. And they have been rewarded, rewarded from yeah. uh, by continuing to promote, um, you know, what whether we talk about stereotypes or the types of films that they make or the type of narratives, dominant narratives that are based on false information or what have you. Um, you know, they continue, they, they benefited from it, you
3: know, mm-hmm. right. and
1: so it does, it is going to take more than that. And we've already learned, you know, and we know this to be true. And I know Melissa knows this to be true, that you cannot just stick people of color into places where there right. is a systemic uh, power yeah. differential, right?
3: Mm-hmm. You can't just
1: do that. It's not going to change anything. They just go come in and they have to close the line or they get put out, right? That's what happens in all of you. You go right. in, tired you know, Dr. Lindsay Warren experienced that. You go in, you have this idea, you've got this data, you've got this passion, you want to be a part of this system, but if you don't play by their rules, if you don't help put, continue to perpetuate um, the system, uh, the dominant system, that's what I call it in my research, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, you're usually put out of it or cut off from from the industry. So I think it's great to have the data again. I think it's great to have that information Mm-hmm. But unless you find a disruptive uh, solution, I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to change. And then also, I'd like to say, capitalism required an underclass. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and not all money is valued the same way.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: if they value white dollars right. they would value up more, value black viewers right. more because you watch more television and film than right. and have for right. over, you know, since the invention of television um, and even before then with film and even yeah. radio, right? Mm-hmm. So. You know, um, I think that they they have to admit who they are and what they have been, and right. that's a hard thing to do and that's why we call it a reckoning
2: yeah yes. <laughs> I mean, like either you're willing to face it or 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 not, and it's not easy, but it's a root cause level systemic organizing principle of yes. American society that of yes. course reaches um uh the entertainment industry. what I find. You know even more pernicious about the vicious cycle um that is kind of elucidated in 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 the report, but not enough for me, which is that the very industry that could play perhaps in my view the most pivotal part in being disruptive um by uh disrupting these same tropes these narratives that uphold white supremacy, yes. Yeah are themselves caught in the vicious cycle of mm-hmm. perpetuating not only the same narratives that uphold it for us everywhere in every sector, but themselves are part of that, um, part of that vicious cycle of white supremacy culture and in institutionalized white supremacy. So yeah. that's, that's the conundrum there that really right. does need to be, you know, disrupted.
0: So since you're preaching right now, let's just keep delving into the system (laughs) um so when i worked in hollywood at the beginning of my career and kilo will remember this see i told you it was going to come out um full disclosure dr burton and i went to film school together at northwestern and so we've been friends for a long time but um when i started my career in hollywood yes and we're sporty (laughs) sisters too um that's a whole nother show (laughs) <laughs> Just on sororities and things. But, anywho, when I started my career in Hollywood, I was being trained to be a TV <laughs> film network or studio executive, right? And mm-hmm. very early on, um, on my arrival in Hollywood, I was working at NBC by way of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Fellowship Program. And I remember one of my mentors telling me the joke, this industry's joke. You know, um, he was my mentor at the time. and um, But it was deeply rooted in truth, right? So he said, NBC stood for no black children, and CBS stood for Caucasian, podcasting network, you know, and so on and so forth with ABC and the like. Mm-hmm. So to um, both of you, when we look at the persons, again, going back to the system, who green lights, quote unquote, greenlights or gives the final approval for a film or TV project, you know, to move on to the production phase and so on. There is very little diversity in the executive ranks at networks and film studios. Do you think it can ever change?
2: I'm change. Change it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. I mean it, it it could it could change. Um I think the report does a good job of identifying, you know, I, I think they call it the black tax or mm-hmm. but but um identifying the the disproportionate burden that black people are bearing for the the little amount of six percent of diversity that they even have, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. for sure if you if you want to be intentional about recruiting uh like significant scores and, and classes of black people in the decision making, gatekeeping, distribution, you know, money um dispensing positions as I identify, then I believe that the trend would continue to continue to bear out that they've identified that, that is where we're seeing the most diversity happen because people hire those who, who they know and then mm-hmm. that that kind of stuff. So yeah, that could happen. Will that happen? Probably not, but my issue is is that the goal, knowing what um you know our esteemed colleague um since the scholar said which is that the goal and the is not necessarily just to have more diversity if in fact the system will remain intact and the and the system and the players in the system will continue to. Um, perpetuate the inequities around the narratives and around still, you know, who's actually benefiting financially and other ways from it. So the system itself has to be addressed, not just who are the, the you know, the complexions of people in the same roles, if you will, pun intended, mm-hmm. right? Playing mm-hmm. the same part, um, because the, the, the story will end the same way unless you actually look at, oh, wait a minute, what is the story designed to do? And maybe shifting some of those structural barriers um to actually become opportunities to capture if you're a capitalist some of that ten billion that you're leaving on the table it is a structural barrier that is preventing people from capturing even the ten million and that is a structural um um uh, apparatus that continues to perpetuate the inequities of anti blackness and racism that Hollywood itself continues to deliver. Why? Because the system is incentivized to continue to do that very thing. So I'm not a fan. I'm, and again, I speak this as a you know, racial equity consultant, speaking to companies in different sectors. I'm not, I never say that diversity is the goal. It is a symptom. It is helpful to getting to the goal, but equity is the goal. You know, yeah. um, um, inclusion is the goal, mm-hmm. and liberatory structures that humanize um, is is the goal.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I completely uh-huh. agree with what you just said. Do you want to add anything?
1: No, I mean I'm in complete agreement. with
3: <laughs> like that. I'm over here like yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. So all yeah. of that we're on radio. So I mean, you know, we're doing this with audio, so you can't see my face and my head, but. I am with Melinda. Yes, no, Melinda. I, I, it's Melinda. You got it, Melinda. Melinda. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No worries, sorry. No worries, sorry, Melinda. Um, yeah. like from the woman named the singer, I should be able to get Melinda correct. It's so. all oh,
3: good. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: um, yeah, no, I I totally agree um with that. We have to do differently, and I think it's hard to get an industry that has been so successful and it's so influential mm-hmm. to, yeah. have to do that. and, yeah. and it has to an yeah. in industry that wants to look at itself. That's the problem um yeah. Melinda can coach on this too. Yeah. But it's yeah. the type of work that she does. Like you have to be able and willing to look at yourself and say, Oh, I may not be a good person <laughs> right? but what I've been doing, mm-hmm. even though it's not intentional,
0: yeah. Yeah. right?
1: The results have been horrible
0: <laughs> for yeah. a certain
1: group of people. Yeah. Um and yeah. that takes a lot of um, education. That takes a lot of um humility. Uh, and that takes a willingness to really want to be a part of the change. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: and quite frankly, people don't want to be a part of the change. They want to work mm-hmm. with their friends. They want to tell the same stories over. Right. There's yeah. no economic, you know, you you hit the nail on the head, Melinda, with the incentive, the economic incentive. There's no economic incentive for Hollywood um, to change, even with the diversity, uh, you know, the diversity mm-hmm. and um, inclusion initiatives or, you know, mm-hmm. tying, because that was something that the McKinsey Report said, tying. Um, you know, bonuses to diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Initiatives. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm like, that's still not enough of an incentive for people to say we're going to change what we've been doing and it has been working for us. You know, mm-hmm. I think what might change it is you know, OTT this over-the-top streaming, mm-hmm. you know, it's really been a real game changer and, you know, they can die out. You know, I, I think of, of the film companies now and the way, and it's changing because of course they're creating conglomerates so they're buying each other up, but I think of them, you know. They had this is this is that particular moment, like when newspapers have gone online or gone out of business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how I see filmmaking, you know, film companies. Either you're gonna move into the tw- you know into 2021, or you're gonna be out of business because what you won't do, someone else will. Right. <laughs> it's like a bad relationship. What
3: mm-hmm. you mm-hmm.
1: won't do, someone else will, and you know, black people because we have been systematically set out of things, we're never really going for the entire pie which is not a bad Mm -hmm. thing. We just need our slice. Mm -hmm. So if you don't give us, you know, the equity or the parity, we will make it ourselves in our own organization, um, in our own, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. in our own methods of distribution and things of that nature. We're creative. We can do these things. We don't have to be billionaires necessarily. We just want to make a living at this and Mm -hmm. have our ideas and our stories elevated and uplifted and in your, you know, uh, in your living room or on the big screen or on your laptop or mobile app. You know, so they they're going to the reckoning has to come, uh, as Melinda said, because if it doesn't, I think it is bad business. This, this report says it's 10 billion dollars. the mm-hmm, table. They're mm-hmm. going to need that 10 billion dollars in the same way mm-hmm, that the industry mm-hmm. needed that 10 billion dollars um, in the late 1960s, early 1970s, when they were about all eight were about to be mm-hmm, bankrupt. Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. kept making those, you know, those big, long <laughs> movies, um, mm-hmm, epic films, mm-hmm, right? Those mm-hmm, epic films uh, Cleopatra mm-hmm, um, and what have you. And they were costing them tons of money. They were not getting the return. And they just kept making them until, yeah. you know, uh, uh, until uh, Melvin Van Peeble's Sweet Sweet Back Badass Song came out. And they saw what you could do with yeah. $500,000 and make $10 million in return. And then they appropriated that model and started doing that. Mm-hmm. This a United Artists, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna of times. Like, they just have to make a decision. Where do they want to be? Do they want to be part of the... Uh, the, the history of, of, mm-hmm. of the future or do they want to be part of the future of the future?
0: And I look at Ted Serrano's right with Netflix uh-huh. and uh-huh. this is just my personal opinion that Netflix is winning. I mean, they're doing, they have their own challenges, but just from a content mm-hmm. perspective, they're winning because his wife is an African-American woman. You know what I mean? He has yeah. mixed <laughs> children. This is my own personal belief. Mm-hmm. But he has mm-hmm. he has people of color in his life, you know, and and sees the value of them. Because I've always believed if you don't have people of color in your personal life, um uh-huh. you don't know you mm-hmm. you don't know what you're missing and you can't even begin to understand, you know, mm-hmm. African American. If you yeah. don't have people coming to your home and have them as friends mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like yeah. because he has that you know he is making some good business choices at least as it relates to content and that's why they're killing it and then when you look at Chuck Lore, who has this deal with CBS and it seems like every show right now on CBS outside of football and basketball is his show (laughs) Uh but he is running he is producing things like Bob Hart's Abishola and he has uh-huh. a new show coming out with um, another, or starring another man of color, and um, you know, excuse me, Bob Hart Abishola. But it's horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 Because does just Chuck yeah. Lorre think- have any people? You know, just because he he won <laughs> with the Big Bang Theory, but I mean, he's missing the. It's missing the mark. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean it's interesting just to go like deeper and I, I appreciate that that in, you know, just what you said about just having, you know, people in black people in your life, because like, in the work that I do both on the solution side, which is beautiful ventures, right? And mm-hmm. on helping support folks understand what the problem is, um, they get to a point where it's like, Okay, what is what are the barriers to actually changing? Um mm-hmm. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it now in a way that I, because I, I, I think I'm now I'm working with folks more in like exclusively decision-making, senior C-suite and board level spaces. And there's fear, there's mm-hmm. fear, but it's fear about giving up. And it's it's also connected to power. Mm-hmm. Like it's really about like giving up power because people don't know any other way than to be the ones that, are in control have yes. the power get to make all the decisions this thing of shared power or that or collaborative leadership um or like what will happen if i let them whoever them is mm-hmm. have a say in what it is that i exclusively could just keep for myself in this place of comfort mm-hmm. and that's really difficult and i think and and i'm i'm even getting to appreciate like Wow, it's really hard for folk who are just used to being like in power
1: to like give it away
2: like or just to give some of it away or like a little bitty bit away <laughs> or just the notion that like it's not going to like be the end of who you are and so my point is also that even in 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 hollywood and i'm 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 in you know, conversation and, and how are we going to be doing work together around? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get to, to decision makers about giving them opportunity to actually do, do something disruptive that is helpful and liberatory for everybody involved? And I think part of that is, um, it's part of it, it's it's just it's just fear, and it's also an opportunity. You have to be a visionary, and you have to be somewhat brave, but mm-hmm. also like really visionary, like all the wonderful stats that um, The Good Doctor was, you know, saying about what it would take. We can look back in history and say, what, how does innovation happen? It always happens on the margins and then we incorporate it. But yes. like to be able to welcome, to go ahead and to go to the margins and to partner with the margins, you can be a winner, like you can... You know, like that's the kind of opportunity that, you know, Black people have always, you know, presented because we're going to innovate no matter what. Mm-hmm, it's about right. people who are in power when you have an opportunity to be brave and yeah. to actually come to the table as partners and not just charity or controlling it or still colonizing somebody else's stuff or appropriating. That is a place of true, I think, um, modeling leadership. And what frankly leadership is going to look like in any sector in the 21st century so those are the kinds of partners you know i'm looking for Mm -hmm. but i but i don't i don't i don't know i don't know if they're there (laughs) i don't know right
0: yeah Yeah, I'm teaching right now a multicultural marketing course at Baylor. And um, it's the first time ever. And, you know, kudos to my chair, you know, for walking it through and getting it approved. But that is one of the lessons that I'm teaching my seniors as they get ready to graduate this May and go off and work in marketing that a part of this work is having courage. Right. You know, you can you know, I can teach them about the four P's and the nuances of stereotypical imagery and all kinds of things when you get into a marketing and advertising rooms. But I have to also and I know this because I've worked in multicultural marketing for 20 years and things of that nature, that a part of my job is to empower them to have courage (laughs) (laughs) as they get into these rooms because I am primarily teaching non-black and brown people, you know, so kudos to all my students who are taking my class, especially, you know, my Caucasian male students, kudos to them. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I continue to say this every other week. Ladies and gentlemen, remember doing this work, you have to have courage because you're going yeah. to be the only ones in a meeting sometimes yeah. dissenting. Right. going to say the unpopular thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about the above the line positions that um, was mentioned in the report. And um, if you recall, um, for those who are are new to that, um, saying for our listeners, these are the individuals who are the creators, the producers, the writers, or the directors of film and TV projects. So Mm -hmm. do you both agree with the report's assessment, as well as the limitations of the above the line positions? Anyone can get a start. Oh,
1: okay. Um, I think so. This is what uh, my gut is uh, because I thought about it, and I don't know if I agree with it or disagree. I'm still processing, but I do think that it appears that more people of color, African Americans in particular, are in those above the line categories because Black people are good business in the sense of. Um, we draw people in terms of viewers. Mm-hmm. And so you see lots of information um, about uh, Black folks, um, you know, showrunners and what have you. Um, but because we're looking at that 3%, <laughs> you know, like a lot of, you know, a large percent of the time, you know, whether you're talking about entertainment tonight or reading Variety or How the Reporter or what have you, I think it um, makes it seem like the, it makes it seem like we're doing better than we are.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: you know what I mean um so I'm not sure how I feel about it but I think that um when you read it because I've I've seen some responses to it and people are like oh I'm so surprised with you know when you can run off the names of people that's when I say it's an indicator oh. that there's just like a handful
3: <laughs>
1: because you know when you think of how many white runners there are like you could just keep going and going and going and going and going right, right. so um I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I do know that I think it is abysmal. Um, and um, I think we can do much better.
2: And also the stories of these folks above the line, mm-hmm. you know, again, like the numbers might be better than not what they should be.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: we're not satisfied with the numbers. They might be approaching, approximating, um, you know, parity with uh with the population, but then what is the quality of experience of folks there? what is the you know the toxic environment that mm. we all you know know of of our colleagues and people in our ecosystem um about the racism that they experience the gaslighting that they experience right. how right. their hands are tied how they're still doubted you know their 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 um decisions are doubted and undermined um you know that that's not that's not where we're looking. Again, do not <laughs> be fooled by numbers. Like numbers yeah. are cool, but like not in terms of like oh there are more X. That is the that is the fallacy, right? Of of I guess you know white supremacy. Keep it all on the topic, but let's not actually you know topical surface level, but let's not actually go to the root. You know, as my grandmother right. would like, saying. you got to mm-hmm. get it at the root. Um. So so again, shifting it from like what does equity look like? That was actually. I don't know, maybe equity was mentioned, you know, an equity frame is different from a diversity frame. Right. Um, right. um, There was actually no mention of anti-blackness at all. That's Mm -hmm. right. At all, Mm -hmm. at all. Um, And I think part of it is that we are not trained or comfortable with going to that level of analysis um totally you know not in your day to day you know corporation organization but you know even mckinsey and then again i don't i don't know why that wasn't complicated or even hinted at and so like you know mm-hmm. what is what is the reason for that and the, and again we come back to this they do lay out some some you know interventions um that make sense but overall it seems that the answer is still diversity right and and that's not fair and i and i really appreciate them laying out how it's on the backs of the back people of the black people in particular in the industry that it's just costing us so much more to do that we got to build we got to diversify deal with the structural issues and we got to be creative and we got to do out do twice as fast like it's just too much that's on us (laughs) we're being asked to do and it's not fair and, that's and what so I was... that's why in terms of the mm-hmm. yes, yeah, the solution the solution space is like, you know what, we don't need to diversify the thing that wasn't even made for us to thrive in anyway. And that also exploits us to make your money. Let's just you know, let's figure out our own systems and institutions, you know, and partner, you know, with the industry. But like it's just it's just it's just perpetuating the same thing to expect Black people to solve the thing that is oppressing
3: us
0: right and i think of my friend um ava duvernay right and you know when we were in our 20s you know all getting started in hollywood together you know we talked about all these things that we were going to do and she's doing it which i honor her and appreciate that but now she's And she's always been good at being visionary and creating her own systems, you know. Um, And so she's doing it, you know, once upon a time, she had a beauty and barbershop system, you know, Mm -hmm. how to release Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. promote movies through barbers, barbers and beauticians. Um, Mm -hmm. And so now she launched what earlier this year, a Ray Crew with Peter Mm -hmm. Roth Mm -hmm. and, you know, making it available for studios to have this one-stop shop destination to find your blow the line folks. But again, to Mm -hmm. your point, why can't she just Mm -hmm. create? (laughs) Why can't she just do her thing, which is wonderful, but she still has to Tell Peter Roth and uh, Bob Iger and all this stuff. This is what else I've done for you to make it easier for you to find some black and brown crew folks. Um, But yet again, to your point, it's almost hitting helping them hit a quota, you know, versus Mm -hmm. hitting equity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's no Mm -hmm. no, I was just going to say there's no rhyme or reason why a production should go (laughs) <laughs> to that website.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and hire yeah. those people. Mm-hmm. Right?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think you both are hitting the nail on the head, right? It's just, And I just I, I had this conversation because I was talking about this documentary that's coming out today. And I was just like, black, and we we're talking about black women because it's about AKA. But mm-hmm. the point I'm making is that I said, black women don't ever get to rest.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're
1: working all the time. We're working mm-hmm. behind the scenes. We're yeah. working on Saturdays and Sundays. I was like, I literally have been getting up every morning on, set- mm-hmm. on you know, Saturdays and Sundays, even before then, you know, but certainly from the time I was in college, from the time I was 17,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I've had something to do to move society forward.
3: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in my community, you know, yeah. like you have to do that work. Yeah, And, so mm-hmm. you know, Tyra, that just hit me hard when you said, why can't Ava just create, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, Melinda talking about us doing the heavy lifting. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we've already, we're, we are the, you know, I don't mm-hmm. like to think of us as victims, but we are the people mm-hmm. who have been most impacted by mm-hmm. uh, the discriminatory practices, these dominant systems of oppression, interlocking systems of oppression. Um, that are perpetuated, and then even those people who do make it to those above, above the line positions uh, are treated so poorly yeah, that sure. they leave. Right, like, they go to yeah. they go right. somewhere else because yeah. um, you know they they are not even treated well when they get to those positions, or trusted, yeah. or allowed to hire who they want to even hire. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, to tell the story they want to tell, to have a final edit on a story about Black people and Juneteenth.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's like huh? right, right.
1: Like, can we have something? Right, right. <laughs> what, what can right. we have? Um,
3: yeah.
1: So I mean, I think you hit the nail. Both of you, you hit the nail yeah. on the head. It's like, and you have to ask yourself because that's what I was thinking about when I was doing this other interview. I was like, is it worth it?
3: You know, mm-hmm. is it worth
1: it to fight right. and keep fighting right. and to know that right. people have been fighting for this right. over a hundred years if we talk about film, right? right. Almost a hundred right. years if we talk about TV. Yeah, but. You know, people have been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, and we're still having the same conversation. Mm-hmm. So working outside mm-hmm. the system, you know, and developing yeah. companies like you all have and like I have, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is something that black people thrive at and have always done, and black women in particular, yeah. especially in this current climate, have, are thriving. Yeah. Um, so is the mm-hmm. answer outside of the system and just kind of mm-hmm. let them do what they do? Yeah. Or do we really want to d- go in and disrupt and hope for the best?
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: I love that you mm-hmm. that you mentioned Ava.
3: Um, mm-hmm.
2: because she's her her moves have certainly been amused for uh and really resonant with the work that you know, that we're up to and with Beautiful Ventures. But her her, her she she certainly is a creator, but she obviously is an innovator as well. Like mm-hmm. like you said, you guys were twenties and she was already building her own system. So mm-hmm. that's also part of her creativity, obviously, right? Um and, and I think the, the I think there's a both, you know, there's a both and, right? Mm-hmm. Some folks are in the system, some folks are outside the system. My thing is that we need to be intentional intentional about our relationships, wherever we are, and intensely leverage those relationships, this networked approach to to shift the system as well, whether we're working inside and outside or between side or entrepreneurial. Like that's how I think... Um, the system—that's—I think that's even Hollywood's best hope. The mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. center, which <laughs> the we are in relationships, and we make moves together wherever we are in the system that benefit ourselves. And when it when we win, everyone's going to win. They just right. don't believe it yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So they
0: true. Don't, they don't believe it. Yeah. So let's talk about Black actors and actresses. Um, That was also in the report where it says that um, Black and Brown actors and actresses, and I'm quoting here, have a lower margin of error, unquote. And that is why, in my opinion, the great Cicely Tyson um, frequently would share uh, in many of her interviews that she carefully picked her roles due to yep. the great meaning of her playing such characters and what that meant to her race. So to the both of you, are things getting better for Black actors and, and actresses? And do you also want to comment on what I call the British invasion? Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to let Melinda take that. Right, please, She's married please, to an
0: actor. Please,
1: please, <laughs> please, and she did, she's yeah. married to- actor and she is you know she leads with love. I can hear that. <laughs> I do not so I'm start with love. I'm to get my get my words. <laughs> yes yes yes,
2: indeed. So so on the one hand and I do have like a bird's eye view because my husband is an actor, has been in the business for over twenty years. Um and you know Juilliard trained mm-hmm. and um you know and I've come in, you know come into his life maybe the last ten or Years or so um, of seeing that, or maybe maybe fifteen of of seeing his, his seeing the industry through his perspective and eyes. Right, he's a mm-hmm. black black man. Um, I think it is better um, in the sense that the the roles because you know all, all of the reasons you know streaming and more more folks have deals. The storytelling is richer. I mean, I've seen a short like when he came out of Juilliard, maybe in twenty twelve. You know, with Still, the the roles the auditions were like for thugs. Meanwhile, his his white counterparts in his class were auditioning for like you know wonderful multifaceted opportunities. So like no, it's it's just not that's not fair. But then I've seen it move towards okay now he's playing the cop.
3: Mm-hmm. He's not
2: the thug. Now he's playing the cop. Mm-hmm. Right. So then that just the over policing thing. And now it's like more just more diverse roles. You know <laughs> you know are are available. So so that is. That's been good, but um, with the market of error i mean like he he's not getting you know it, it's just not it's just not fair like it's just not fair mm-hmm. that not by dint of your talent do you have just so much more available to you of ways to be put on and discovered for your talent than someone who is a black you know an actor like my husband who is his his skill is unparalleled and the opportunities are like a, a a thumbnail worth of what they are for his vice like, counterpart. No shade to them at all. Right. But like, that's just like, not right. It's just not right. Um, on the British invasion piece and, and he and I, we talk about it all the time. I mean, the, you know, we love the Brit. I mean, like we're like into like the British crime shows and they, and they got some special going on in terms of how they train their folks. And, It's a bit much when you have folks who are even, you know, black British. It's a bit much, you know, when the icons of the black American experience are playing by, by, um, folks who are not Mm -hmm. from, from the country, from Mm -hmm. our country. Mm -hmm. Um, and we know, we know that we know that we know that you could, you could have found a black Mm -hmm. American actor to play that and do just as well. So it, it, it's like it's like that's, that's also like it's kind of a little bit anti-blackness too. I think in some right, ways, right? right? To prefer yeah. the exotic, external, or whatever black actor person over the folks that you know you are here, like that's that's right. that's not cool either. So that's my that's my
0: two cents on that. Dr. Burton, are you ready? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let me just preface this. You know, I love black people. I, you know, I was a child of, of Black nationalists. I have lived on the continent. I have traveled the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to say that I am alarmed <laughs> at um, mm-hmm. what I'm hearing, because I mm-hmm. know there are dynamic Black actors all over the world, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. I know that Black Americans do not own the Black experience. Anybody with any common sense and right. has read mm-hmm. a history book knows this to be true, Right. right. However, there is something else at work. It's like working in higher education, um, Ty. You know this, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, you're at a school, I'm at a school in the South, and most of the uh, Black people I meet are um, first-generation um, Caribbean or, or African.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I love that we have that representation here. But in my mind, as a Black girl from Virginia, Black woman from Virginia, I'm like, where are the Black girls from Virginia? You know? Mm-hmm, <laughs> my mm-hmm. best friend. Is a black mm-hmm. girl from Virginia who went here 30 years mm-hmm. ago, right? Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I have that in mm-hmm. my mind. I think, you know, in the same way that institutions of higher education have this idea that those students, and it's a false idea because mm-hmm. if you really know about civil rights and the civil rights movement, if you really know about the connections of black people in the South um, with the Caribbean and with Africa, especially as you think about the slave trade and all of the things that happened and how we were going back and forth in between those places. Um, and so we are very much cross- cross-culturally connected. Um, in very specific ways, are identifiable, um, but if you the the dominant perception is that black um, ex- black people from you know the continent or Europe, mm-hmm. possibly, or the continent mm-hmm. or the Caribbean mm-hmm. are um, less um, aggressive. Mm-hmm. I hate to use that term, or easier to get along. They don't carry the weight. And I've heard black film um, runners, directors say that they don't carry the weight of uh, mm. you know, uh, a black person in the States and so they are more free in mm. their in ways in which they interact or engage or bring a character to life. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And I've also heard people say that, you know, they're not trained as well, which is a big, big line. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't yeah. between the three of us we could probably name two hundred. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> in two yeah. minutes, like Ky- yeah. C round. We can use that C round and mm-hmm. they like yeah. the black actors who's gone to Julia yeah. Yale, Gail.
3: Right. Yeah. NYU,
1: mm-hmm. LA, USA, yeah. right? Um, and we keep and we keep going on that. Um and then, you know, the gems that we don't have, um, mm-hmm. you know, that people don't know about but that turned out fantastic, uh mm-hmm. filmmakers and actors and what have you. So Mm. I think that there's something there. I think that's what's driving it. It is. You are. Mm. It is Mm anti-Black American racism. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. And it's this idea that you're going to be trouble on the set or you're going to have something to say about Dr. King because you might have actually grown up Mm -hmm. or been the granddaughter of being around. (laughs) Right. So, we're going to bring in, and I just mm-hmm. love the yellow well, I think he's gonna Of course. And we love them all, right? right. It's about, um, you know, Pan African, yeah. diasporic, like, it's yeah, all day. yeah. Right. And it's not about actor. them. He's a actor. Yeah. I don't have, of any, course. you know, So, that's the Brilliant. other part of it. It's just like, yeah. Ah, right. I, like, you know, they're good. So, you yeah. can't say, you yes. and there, yeah. are people, right? there are people, right? they are people. And so, you and can't really day. be mad at it, but you no. can be mad right. about the reasons why. The system, right. The system is yeah. choosing them over us, uh, and they won't be yeah. real about it. They're always like, yeah. "Oh, they're better trained." Yeah, okay, that that's not true. They're right. not right. <laughs> right. right. Cases, they're not trained at all. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, then you have people, and uh, Russell uh, Hornsby, was trained. He went overseas and was trained um, uh-huh. in, in Europe and came back. I mean, there's no reason why he's not an Academy Award winner. He's amazing, yeah. right. amazing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He can play yeah. any of these roles. You know. Sure. So, I say that to say. Because I I don't want to get into this, you know, black versus black American versus Caribbean, because it's not uh, useful at all. But what I will say is that we have to be mindful of allowing um, white people in Hollywood, primarily, and black people in Hollywood, black Americans, who have made it, Mm -hmm. um, to sow that um, seed, because that's that's right. That's right. We won't. We won't do that. Right. Yeah, I know. We will not because go. We what, we're not going to do that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So that's what yeah. white Hollywood wants. Because it just fits in with dominant, again, what millennials yeah. doing. Yeah. 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 Dominant white perceptions yeah. of blackness, anti-black racism. You know, you know, um, mm-hmm. And it's different. I know we, we try not to do this, but even with this whole thing that's going on with this anti-Asian hate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, this idea of, of, you know, if you're a model minority, great. But if you step out of line or if you. Yeah. the sure. stereotypes that we've assigned to you,
0: then we got to yeah. take you out.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's very much in that tradition.
0: Right. Absolutely. It's, and
1: so I think that's what's happening. And it's unfortunate because the roles are becoming available now that, you know, I think black American actors who have lived their entire lives and mm-hmm. success, their entire mm-hmm. lives and worked their entire love lives. Love to do. Love, to, love do. to do. And they don't even get a, yeah. they don't get a chance. I don't, don't even get an audition. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that goes back to our earlier conversation too, which is an extrapolation of of um, what our sister was saying, which is like the scarcity model, like ooh, we just gonna have one, and like now we got two Aretha Franklin stories out, okay, right. you know, like okay, what 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 is going on there? But you know, like and like this is the shot to play, you know, the thing because we know how hard and what it takes to come through that whole system that we just spent an hour talking about for there to be something about these our great, you know, ancestors or whatever the role is, mm-hmm. even as contemporary, that's coming out and so there's the stakes are so high, um, because of the scarcity of stories yeah. which is which is again going back to this report, which is why I appreciate them naming, you know, a wide, you know, speak and financially support a wide range of Black stories um, yes. as an intervention, as a disruptive um, 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 intervention about, or, you know, that that, that will uh, change, it could change, you know, part of the game, but like it also affects people, you know, above the line and then and, and down the line, running the camera
0: and behind and you know those who are buying the movie tickets or buying the streaming uh, subscriptions because this wasn't on my you know uh, list of questions that I sent you beforehand but Mm -hmm, Melinda mm -hmm. you're walking me into it because when you talk Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. storytelling and narratives and the content my little pet peeve right now is that you know there's more to us than our history (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. upon a time I was interviewing for a job and I happened to, and he asked me about some, uh, the Margaret Garner opera, right. That came out many, mm-hmm. many moons ago. And that was, a, that was a big mm-hmm. disruptor. And I remember mm-hmm. saying to the artistic director, well, this is fabulous that the Cincinnati opera is going to go down this road mm-hmm. and, and debut mm-hmm. this, um, Opera to open up the National Underground um, Freedom Center in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I do think there's a different way to talk about freedom. Mm-hmm. That's when I, that's mm-hmm. where I lost the job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I start and I and I was just leaving Hollywood and mm-hmm. up for this job, mm-hmm. and I remember saying, <laughs> you know, I I have this perspective that. We as African Americans, we we do slavery well, right? We can mm-hmm, act mm-hmm. it, we can costume it, we can light it, we mm-hmm. can direct it. You know, we got that down. But can we talk mm-hmm. about the present and can we talk about mm-hmm. the future? And that's kind of yeah. where I am right now. You know, I'm mm-hmm, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Kudos to Regina for one night in Miami, and kudos yeah, to brilliant. the Aretha Franklin biopics and yeah. all the wonderful things. Yeah. But you know what? I still want people to see Black women and who we are today. Right, and so right. that's why right. I'm still, yeah. you know, that's working powerful. on my movie projects and things of that nature yeah. because I want, you know, all people to see loving mm-hmm. Black relationships. Even on yeah. Blackish, we never get to see them kiss right we Mm -hmm. never get to see Mm -hmm. them really interact in a loving type of way as we can see Mm -hmm. other cultures interact Mm -hmm. lovingly and romantically and 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 there not be any drama Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. anytime you see a black relationship there's drama she's hyper sexualized you know in terms of the black Mm -hmm. woman just you can go on so yeah um For whatever reason, Mm -hmm. Hollywood is just refusing to portray and tell our stories in the present day. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, the the conservative industry, and I, I, and it it doesn't sound—it sounds, you know, like a contradiction, but that's what I've learned more just in, in interfacing more with like traditional Hollywood. Like I'm like, oh wow, as. You know, they the the artists. You know, in, in political circles, like oh, those progressive, or oh, that Hollywood. But in fact, it's 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 a it's a conservative industry. Right, and I learned that too. It's a little mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like huh. they, they're not going to innovate stuff. <laughs> they're just not. No. Yeah, and and, and if they can they help, but they won't.
1: Yeah, you raise a great point, and um, it is true, right? When people think about. The popular, the public relations of Hollywood is, is that this progressive state right? You
3: know, <laughs> they're yeah. open to
1: everyone, and they love all people, and they're an yeah. inclusive, and they represent the yeah. LGBTQ population, right? Blah, blah, blah. Right. But yeah. the reality and the history, the real history of the industry, sure. is that that is not true. Right. Um, and it is truly. Thank you, Melinda. A conservative mm-hmm. institution.
3: It, it is.
1: is. You know, and that's why you know. Aside from all the issues that we're talking about, but they tell the same stories over and over because they uh, exactly make money. they are risk averse. It's a yeah. risk averse industry. Yeah. So you yeah. are really honestly asking them, and you know this is what Mackenzie doesn't say. <laughs>
3: um,
1: mm-hmm. But how are you really going to incentivize a risk averse, historically conservative industry, right, into changing and shifting power?
0: And let me add right. to that when I was at NBC, I had the pleasure of having a meeting with Warren Littlefield, who's the president of NBC Entertainment at the time. And when mm-hmm. he when I, you know, my bosses were like, "Furious. How did this little black girl get this interview with my boss, you know? Because that's what uh-huh. I do." But anywho, um <laughs> I, I met with yes, him. <laughs> right. I met with him and he was, you know, wonderful. He was very welcoming and um, brought me into the office. And we had a wonderful meeting. But he told me, you guys, he was like, Tyra, you're not going to make it out here. And I said, "Huh? I just went through four Mm -hmm. years in Northwestern. I just got chosen for this Mm -hmm. prestigious. What do you mean? I'm not going to make it. He said, Mm -hmm. you are extraordinary. You are a leader. And you're you're out of the box. And he said, Hollywood is comprised of mediocrity. He said, look at all the people you are working with here at NBC. And I mean, it has always continued to stay with me. He said, these are not the football, the star football players. These are not the star cheerleaders, you know, in high school. Mm -hmm. They're the wannabe football players the wannabe star cheerleaders these are the nerds mm-hmm. in high school these are the people that mm-hmm. nobody wanted to talk mm-hmm. to right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he said mm-hmm. that's hollywood right mm-hmm. that's the composition of hollywood they're not leaders mm-hmm. they're not going to innovate hollywood mm-hmm. is comprised of followers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and short men huh. I, I just threw yep. that in there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. That's not even right. But, but to that point, I mean, a conservative. I'm looking. I'm looking at the report. Thank you, McKinsey. How in the world is it that out of all of the industries that the Hollywood and film, in terms of C-suite executives, has 92 percent white men mm-hmm. or white people? Over and and beef out finance, which has eighty eight percent. You know, and beef out. <laughs> you see what I saying? Right. so yep. finance, which has eighty six percent, travel. Oh, and look, you know what I mean? Like, what in the world? Like that. That alone. <laughs> has to bust through the the PR sham. About it being so progressive, mm-hmm. and and again, not to not to say all white men, you know, are are not uh, are conservative and can't be innovative or progressive or anti-racist. They can, mm-hmm. but Absolutely. not by themselves. And <laughs> now that they are still maintaining an industry that ninety-two percent of them are running stuff, like you know what I'm saying. So that's true, positive in and of itself. And it's just like, wow,
3: yeah,
2: this something is something to that, and and it's a lot. It's a lot of my my thesis, my theory is that it's, it's, it's power,
3: mm-hmm. you yeah. know,
2: it's power and, and, and not just in Hollywood. Right. But as we are at this place of of reckoning and looking at in this, you know, industries in our country, I mean, literally our country, Folks trying to hold on to power, even if it means to kill the democracy. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. It, we, live and, in and we live in Georgia. <laughs> how, you know, how right. So, uh-huh. so, but then, but then, like, there's also a gift, I think, and this is, you know, my preacher, preacher side, mm-hmm. a gift of exposure of like, wow, the things, the stories coming full circle that we have been telling ourselves about who we really are and what we really value. Democracy, each person has a vote. You know, the rule of law. It's obvious with anyone who has eyes to see that that is actually not what we believe and not with how we've been structuring the, and ordering our lives and our institutions. Um, when you have people who are just trying to hold on to power, irrespective yeah. of any of that. And I, and I think, you know, just to, to you know, Hollywood is, is, is special, but it's not unique
3: right. in that
2: regard. This is, this is every, every industry. And this is the, the challenge of our lifetime, you know, in our generation, just right. the baton,
1: what shall we yeah. do? but where hollywood i think it's just more pernicious to use your word Melinda, yeah, sure. is that they export all of this content yeah. overseas
3: mm-hmm. um, that's right.
1: that supports you know yeah. this soft narrative of yeah. who and what America
2: Absolutely. is
3: and that's why is they what have that's why
2: we
1: got to go that's why we have
3: to
2: mm-hmm. to to uh call them in oh, we that that alone is a different kind of responsibility than right. the folks that I, that I you know, work with my clients, you know, even even in education, right? But <laughs> you educators, right? You're competing against what the kids, you know, your students are paying attention to, which is the public narrative, right? Which is popular culture versus what you're trying to get them to, you know, see in a book or critical thinking. Like, they right. have an outpaced influence over and above these other industries. That could be a force for good. Um, So we have to pay attention to what is happening. It's systemically there, how much we pour into it, um, how we approach it. You know, that's always for us to choose and to to decide in any generation.
1: And I'd like to also add that there are examples of industries that were built on these dominant modes of uh, power and suppression um, that have changed. You know, Mm -hmm. if you look at, um, I wrote a, a chapter, a book chapter on South African soap operas. Um and looking at um, South, South Africa's broadcast system during apartheid which was when it was used primarily to disseminate messages and content mm,
3: that mm-hmm, reinforced
1: mm-hmm, the nationalist mm-hmm. party's ideology mm-hmm. and platform and mm-hmm. agenda. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, since Mandela rest in peace um, has mm-hmm. come into power and it is a much more um, it's a society that is reckoning with itself um, they have measures in place at the um, networks where you have to have representation in certain mm-hmm. ways. You know, mm-hmm. There are, are um, you know, a certain number of languages have to be spoken because I think there's like mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. South Africa. Um, mm-hmm. They have to address different issues. You know, I, and I remember mm-hmm. it was so stark because I was living here mm-hmm. and then I was living there. And mm-hmm. I remember here on the Soap operas because I watched Soap operas because, you know, I was watching with my granny.
3: <laughs> and um, they were not talking
1: about the election at all mm-hmm. for Obama, for President. It was not mentioned mm-hmm. and I don't I thought. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in South Africa and that's all they're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. On the yeah. platform, which is why I wrote the chapter. Um, yeah. And that's when I did the research and I found out that, oh, they are intentional, they are thoughtful, they have policies mm-hmm. in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Network executives have said this is what we're going to do in order to mm-hmm. disrupt what has normally been happening here and how we've been practicing and what we've been doing and the content we've been producing we're going mm-hmm. to do this and this is what we're going to do in order to kind of write the ship right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and it's not perfect obviously but it's the start and i think until you take that kind of step then it's all talk
0: right mm-hmm. and i'm going to nerd out Right. I'm going to nerd out with you really quickly, Dr. Burton, because now the consumer behavior scholar in me is about to come out. Because if you recall, once upon a time, the founder of Black History Month, Carter G. Woodson, said um, he who controls the images has the power. Right. And so even if you look within consumer behavior, and you look in the the advertising and marketing literature, images have power, right? And they impact Mm -hmm. not only attitudes and behaviors, but so much more how we interact with each other and things of that nature. I even do um, consulting for the entire university marketing arm at Baylor University. And I remember Mm -hmm. two years ago, I was trying to tell them how powerful they are as storytellers. Right. Mm -hmm. And we even had in my presentation, I included images of uh, athletes of color and how they Mm -hmm. are portraying athletes of color, um, you know, throughout all of their various channels. And it was so funny when they would when I showed them, you know, the the women's basketball team and how they portray the women's basketball team versus how they portray Mm. the women's equestrian team and the women's Mm -hmm. tennis team. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it's Uh a night Uh and day difference Mm. and Uh um, how they portray the African-American football players and when they're shown Mm -hmm. on the big screen in McLean Stadium, barely able to pronunciate a full sentence and then the 30,000 and people Mm -hmm. in the uh, stadium are laughing, you know, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. these are the images that they're seeing of black Mm -hmm. and brown boys Mm -hmm. every Saturday. But then when Mm -hmm. they come into my classroom of one, I am one of two African-American female professors in the entire business school. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. think I'm going to act like that visual of that black football player they just saw on Saturday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. the visuals of the the black basketball players female basketball players they're seeing and Mm -hmm. i'm talking to my students because i predominantly teach all caucasian students with a phd and a this and a that and a this and i am nothing like the images Mm -hmm. the university is portraying Mm -hmm. we have a problem Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah and it makes Uh a difference i had to tell them their images even impact me as a professor of color in the classroom absolutely Absolutely. right and how my students interact with me or the respect they may or may not show me Mm -hmm. preach that's the power of images (laughs) the power yeah right narrative for sure So finally, um, we're almost done. We're almost done because this has been outstanding. (laughs) We're almost done. So finally, the report discussed um, 40 specific pain points that black professionals in film and TV regularly encounter as they attempt to build their careers. And I know, and Dr. Burton, you've Mm. seen this, I faced Mm. nepotism every time I tried to get a promotion in Hollywood. And finally, I got Mm -hmm. tired and left Los Angeles and started down, you know, this independent producing route, which is still mm-hmm. very difficult. Um, and wow. even now, you know, I'm saying to myself and I've said to my husband, why am I trying so hard <laughs> to be in an industry yeah. that doesn't want me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Good for you. you know, and so from your unique perspectives, what other pain points and topics are missing from the report?
1: Again, I'm letting Melinda
2: leave.
1: <laughs> oh man, <that> <laughs> he leaves with love. I'm like, oh. I need some
2: of that energy by the time I go. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I mean, again, I, I think I'm, I mentioned like absence of like why, <laughs> you know, why, <laughs> why is it? You know, that that's what I have. Like, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a scholar too. When I when I want to play one. You know they say like, fewer Black-led stories get told, and when they are, they're underfunded and undervalued. Mm-hmm. Unless one senior member of is Black, Black talent is largely shut out of the critical. And my, I have just like, well, why, why, why? Mm-hmm. Anti-Blackness, anti-Blackness. Our, 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 our humanity is anti-is is undervalued. Mm-hmm. Like, the, and you know, it's just it's just the irony is so rich because. Hollywood has been one of the institutions, together with education and religion and science, to name a few, that have colluded to create the fiction of race, as we understand it, Mm -hmm. and the fiction of a hierarchy of, you know, human value of which Black life is not even considered to be actually human, right? So the irony is that they have contributed to the falsehood, that black people are not human. Um and also that falsehood permeates their industry like every other industry, such that of course, why would you value the same um uh black led story if you don't even think that black really is as good as white? Why would mm-hmm. you pay them the same? Obviously you do not. And so that's why I know the answer is anti blackness because I know it's the it's the answer on a fundamental, you know, root cause level for all of it. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. So that's,
2: that's what's missing for me. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the the mention of the root cause of the disparities and also in companion to that systemic level um, interventions that were solutions. I mean, I think it's interesting for me. And again, I'm I'm, I'm unfair because I'm, you know, work with change agents and folks who do systemic change in social justice spaces, but the um, recommended solutions seem to be, like, not as weighty, right, (laughs) Um, as the problem that they did such a fine job of quantifying and laying out, because, again, I think systemic solutions are really needed to address the systemic issue, but they never really got to the who cause of the systemic issue, so that's why mm-hmm. you know some of the solutions are are cool, but they're not necessarily going to solve for the systemic problem as presented.
3: Mm-hmm. Doctor, like are you ready? To on that,
2: <laughs> <professor>. <laughs> <laughs> I use the balance of my time to my good uh, <laughs> uh, professor
1: on the other side of Atlanta. <laughs>
3: Singer,
1: yes. <laughs> I would like to co sign on what Melinda said. Um, I think it is missing, you know, and I, I understand this, you know, in research and data the goal is to just just the facts. <laughs> to really present the information yeah. as you have it and to do, I guess, the best that you can in terms of posing solutions or opportunities or remedies. But I feel like it felt a little bit like um when the Academy announced their diversity and inclusion things, right? Mm-hmm. And Like anyone who's done any type, you know, any work with diversity and inclusion, any real work with racism, anti-Black racism, issues of power, access, resources, things that nature, justice, social justice, could look at it and be like, oh, it's a very um, surface level, superficial type of fix, right? You got to have, I got to be able to see this person working on your set, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. versus, Mm -hmm. you know, how are we gonna make sure that mm-hmm. people uh yeah, and I don't like the term people of color because I think a lot of anti black racism plays into that term because they don't mm-hmm. wanna say black. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. how are we gonna make sure that black people get to compete for these particular jobs and positions that they mm-hmm. are qualified for? You mm-hmm. this idea that, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. you, know, you gotta do this because it's the right mm-hmm. thing to do. No, you gotta mm-hmm. do it because we're actually qualified. We're in black people and all that. Um, like mm-hmm. the rest of the, more, in fact, than most people in the country who yes. have not have gotten these fancy degrees and yes. trying to do what you told us we needed to do to be a part of the show. And right. here you go, um, acting like, you know, yeah. liver whatever, or whatever. <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I think um, what's missing is, you know, the weight, if you, and I think Melinda said a great uh, best, is really the weight of the reality of the situation, right? We have the numbers. We have the data. We have this. Oh, you could do this. Mm-hmm. But really, it's not addressing what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. how are you going to address anti-Black anti racism? How are you going to mm-hmm. address interlocking systems of oppression that's right. that's when right. this is an actual institution? Hollywood is an institution. It's not just mm-hmm. an idea. It's not mm-hmm. a creative space. It's an institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what's like, lacking from... Um, from the report and then you know trying to tie things to bonuses and things of that nature i'm mm-hmm. like you need to have measurable outcomes mm-hmm. and then you need to say what will and won't happen once these measurable outcomes are met or not met yeah. you know you have to hold people accountable so has to be mm-hmm. more than their enrichment that's the problem with america
3: it's always mm-hmm. about your
1: enrichment
3: it's like mm-hmm. always
1: happens. it's like you know your financial enrichment you know like mm-hmm. if you hire some black people we'll give you a, a bonus Mm -hmm, mm is not the point (laughs) and not Mm -hmm. the motivation we're seeking. We don't want Mm -hmm. any Black person necessarily
0: Mm -hmm. and we don't want Mm -hmm. the
1: motivation Mm -hmm. to be financial. We want the motivation to be cultural. We want the motivation to be Mm -hmm. intellectual. We -hmm. want the motivation to be creative. You're not Mm -hmm. only leaving this money on the table, you're leaving all these stories and ideas Mm -hmm. and thoughts and and people who can make Mm -hmm. real contributions to this industry on
0: the table as well right and I, um, so I
1: think it's within mm-hmm. that human element you definitely. know and i, I just definitely I just definitely
0: yeah and <laughs> i agree with you both and then also too just the supply chain you know and mm-hmm. delving into mm-hmm. all the other aspects marketing film distribution Mm -hmm. you know there's discrimination on screen distribution too Mm -hmm. um your one of your areas um dr burton media criticism right Uh, sometimes Mm -hmm. based on the reviews you know impact who's going to see or stream the movies um right so yeah there's so much more that they could talk about but before we leave do you want <laughs> to mention any of your current projects that you are working on? Let's end, you know, with what we always do, have have hope <laughs> and keep yes, moving forward.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Professor, will you lead us with love first and then I'll lead it with
1: love second? Yeah, sure. Uh, i'm I'm working on a couple of um articles one on um uh, black film history for a compilation and edited volume and then another um on black media and technology for another edited volume um i'm always creative writing so um i have a a pilot i'm writing currently Mm -hmm. um and like i said i just worked um i just wrote a lot about this documentary um, that's coming out today on Comcast, um, AKA Mm. documentary, which I'm actually featured in, Tyra.
3: Oh, okay. Um, I think I told
1: you about, yeah, that I'm actually featured in. So um, I'm excited to see a a film about dynamic black women, Mm -hmm. directed, produced, and written by a dynamic black woman (laughs) Mm -hmm. and a team where 70% of the people were women of color Mm -hmm. had this kind of distribution on a table outlet mm-hmm. you know if they have the premiere then it's going to be go wide on demand um on tuesday okay um but it's on the black experience which is led by another black woman keisha boyd um and so i think um you know i think and that kind of feeds my my ideas about how right why are we so focused on the film industry when there's so many other ways for us to tell our stories and to get them out there so those are the things i've been most interested in and working on recently
0: fantastic melinda I
1: mean, Thank you. And, of course, the Burton Wire. Read it. TheBurtonWire.com. Yes. The Burton Wire. Okay. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah, Yeah, well, I just, um, so part of why I appreciated the report is because it just gives validation, even more validation for what we're up to at Beautiful Ventures. So, um, you know, we at Beautiful Ventures, check it out, BeautifulVentures.com, sign up you know, uh, be a part of our community and give us your your email and then find out about more of the things that we have going on. But the whole piece that we um, are here to do is to support Black story driven creatives, help build their entrepreneurial skill, narrative power, and generational wealth for them and their um, communities, because we believe that that's how we can actually shift the narrative. But do so in a way that we are actually getting free ourselves, right? So you support the storytellers um, because they have the Black humanity affirming stories, and so we surround um, them uh, with, 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 you know, entrepreneurial skill and uh, community and, and all kinds of things. So the next thing in particular that we have coming up is every two months we have a co-working session, which is like an open house, class co-working session where we come together virtually um, and that's happening April 16th um, from um, three to five Eastern standard time. Um, But you can find out about it by signing up on the website, dropping us your email. We will do a mailing. Also follow us on beautiful ventures uh, on ID and beautiful ventures on uh, Facebook. Um, but there at our co working session, we have our writers group. So, you know, um, a Professor Insang, if you want to come through, check out our writers group. We have the Baldwin Morrison Writers Group, we'll be meeting. Uh, we'll have an introduction to BZ that will be happening. And we have a theater arts and healing arts um, cultivation uh, circle also happening, where we're supporting some entrepreneurs in New York City who are looking to um, build the first Black owned um, off. Broadway theater Stakes in New York, and they're part of our creative social entrepreneurs that we're about supporting so that's that's what we're up to and we and and we're doing it because we need to create our own ecosystem, <laughs> and that's basically you know what we're up to uh, a liberatory ecosystem
1: for black story driven creators and their communities.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So ladies, um, before we close, we often on real values, real news in every episode do a speed round. However, due to this very special and amazing conversation, I would like to just ask (laughs) you the final question that I ask all of my guests during the speed round, which is in your ideal world, what do you want your contribution to be in Hollywood? Melinda, get us started.
2: Sure. My uh, contribution will be our vision statement um, on Beautiful Ventures. And our website uh, says it best, that we see a world where the humanity of all Black people is assumed, affirmed, and unchallenged.
0: Mm. Fantastic. Dr. Burton?
1: Equity. Equity. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> equity. <laughs> that simple.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Access and equity and to let black people do what black people do. Create, innovate, and change the world for the better.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Well, this has been a fantastic uh conversation with two women that I love and adore and that's why I have this podcast. <laughs> to be able to showcase such brilliant minds as uh both of yours and so thank you for being here on real values real news and that's it for today's episode of real values real news many thanks to our sponsors tfnb your bank for life aarp florida creative waco Marie's and the G.B. Lindsay Family Charitable Fund. I am Dr. Tyra Lindsay Warren and it has been a pleasure to be here with you and thank you for listening. Please join us again for our next episode and always remember to let your light shine.